maybe you know somebody from your church or from some sort of club that you're into who's thinking about the career. What about the guy that sits next to me at the bar? There you go. Well, yeah, Jim, you go to the bar every night and like, you know, you meet this guy who... Don't listen to him. Who says, I don't have a job. Like, be like, well, come to IMTS yeah, and check out on. what yeah. manufacturing is. Yeah. When you're not drunk, you can run my machines. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Making Chips. I'm your host, Nick Golner. I'm here with Jason, uh, Jim, and we're all way too busy planning for our next industry event. So we're going to get started right away. Cue the music. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. So guys, I'm back. I'm here. You're back from Europe. I am. How long were you there? 10 days. Oh, wow. What was the best part of the trip? Best part of being in that area? The hike was really, really hard. So we hiked up this mountain and it's like straight up incline. So your thighs are just burning and it was really hot that day. You hiked 25,000 feet in a day? What was the altitude? It was 1,220 meters. So times three basically for feet. But yeah, it was it was really cool. I got some beautiful photos. You guys probably saw some of them on LinkedIn. I saw something on LinkedIn. I know yeah. I clicked like. That was the best part. But you guys want to hear the worst part? Yes. So when you leave your family and you travel, oh. you always kind of like, oh, I hope everything goes well. And I hope my wife's got three little kids and all that. So the day I left, she tells me that she it's got... It's not funny, but it is <laughs> funny, but it's not. She got diagnosed with COVID. <laughs> My baby tested positive for COVID, my one-year-old. They were like not the problem. My four-year-old son had something called rosiella. Have you ever heard of this? I think I know what you're talking about because it's going around. Well, I know because you texted me the link. <laughs> Dude, he had 104, 105 That's fever for man. three straight days. I almost had to fly home because we couldn't figure out what it was. Apparently, it's like the chicken pox. It's something that everybody gets. So my kids all got super high fevers at one time and I didn't have them tested or anything and we didn't go to the doctors because we were able to fight it off with like, you know, cold baths and whatever the pain medicine is to lower your temperature. But it might have been that. Yeah. The doctor was like, you know, you guys have all probably gotten it at some point and you lose the fever and then you break out with a rash for like one day, yep. like all around your forehead and ears and stuff. It, anyway, it was really bad. My wife was freaking out. I almost came home. And then the thing is, you're helpless because you're thousands and thousands of miles away. Right. You're talking to your wife. She's got all these issues and you're yeah, like, but Jim, ah. you would have been helpless anyway, even if what you were mean? there. <laughs> because weren't you one of those dads that never changed a diaper? All the time. You changed diapers? Yes. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm thinking my own dad. <laughs> I would come home from work after working all day and my wife would hand off three oh, babies to me sweet. and she would go to the salon to do hair. You're a sweeter man than I yeah. thought you were, He's Jim. An angel. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. And mow the lawn. Oh. While the three babies were in the house by themselves. Can I hug you right now? You can. You That's can. That's nice. Uh, Aww. Aww. Let's, guys, Aww. Let's, I'm witnessing a real oh, hug right yeah. now. Okay, let's yeah. go back to the podcast. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Back to it. No, it, anyway, it all worked out. Everything You're was good. good. Hug. You're a good hugger, by the way. Thanks. I'm good oh, at it. Okay, now it's getting weird. 
What about you guys? Vacations? Anything planned? I just got done telling you before we started recording that I was trying to find a vacation for the Christmas season because you know it's the only time my kids are off of school. I can't find anything that I feel good about spending the money. It's just mm. everything is so ridiculously expensive. And my wife and I were just like, let's just take the kids indoor water park. Yeah, you know, oh, like <laughs> I mean, Wolf Lodge or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what we're gonna do. Like Great oh. Wolf Lodge, or maybe go to Wisconsin Dells or yeah. something like that. Because the cheapest ticket I could find to go anywhere decent is seven hundred fifty dollars. Most of them are a thousand to twelve hundred. I have four kids. One of them's not going to come with, but like I have to buy five tickets. No, thank you. Yeah. So what, I'd rather what, spend the money for like my wife the, and I. The water park hotel cost per night. Roughly. I don't know, but it's not that much. I think I remember. For only a couple hundred dollars, you can bathe in the urine of thousands of children. <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Well, it's and my fun. kids love it. It's fun for you, but it would not be fun for me. <laughs> But I totally get it. I saw this meme and it was like, family vacations are just trips where you bring your kids. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> right. I'm beginning to think this isn't a manufacturing podcast. No, what's no, going no, on, no, guys? Last time it we is. just talked about food the whole time. What's going on? Here? No, here's Let's what get we're going to do. It. We're going to get into some manufacturing news from the Kiplinger letter. Have you ever heard of the yes, Kiplinger letter? I've been reading it for a decade. I at love least. it. We, yeah. we pass it out to all our executives. That's what it's called. Forecast for executives and investors. And the reason why I brought this up is because... Guys, everything I heard in Europe was all about the same topic. Energy. Yeah, energy. Yeah. Like, I thought you were Ukraine. Gonna say COVID because I saw COVID on this. Yeah, no, this is one of the things where... Well, Germany apparently is going to be screwed. Yeah. Germany was so dependent on... Is so dependent. Is. On what? On Russia. Russian natural gas. Okay. Yeah. So here, let me read it. Yeah. Europe's energy crisis is going to get worse. The ripple effects will be felt around the globe as Russia cuts off natural gas to Europe and factories slow down or halt for a lack of fuel, which in turn means U.S. businesses should start planning now for disruption in the supply of many materials, right? <laughs> like, you know what takes a lot of fuel? Making metal, like smelting and dealing with all that. So, Oh, you can't run that with solar? Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's all sorts of other forms of energy that right. they could have planned for. Exactly. Kind of like we know what happens when we have all of our eggs in certain baskets. Europe is facing that right now with uh, Russia. So the article continues, Europe will have no choice but to ration gas this winter. Literally, they're going to tell families like how much you can heat your home right really? now. Wow. Seriously. That, yeah. It's that bad. Yeah. They're going to limit it because they have to. How strict that rationing gets will depend on many unknown factors, the severity of winter and cold, whether Russia cuts gas sales from already low levels to none at all, any disruptions to gas imports from elsewhere, et cetera. We can't be precise about how bad the crunch gets, but severe shortages are entirely possible. So is this common language that everyone's talking about? Yeah. Like, in, while you're in Germany, the people that live there, the people that you're engaging with on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah, they're this concerned is about they're this. Oh, this, this is, is a big what, deal, Jim. This is it, a real big I deal. I had no idea. It's a big deal for us, but it's a much bigger deal for them. Because of a proximity to well, Russia. They're, right? they're actually, it's a big deal for us it's because on the, same of the supply continent. chain, but it's a big deal for them because they're being directly affected by the Russian... Like, like we have a lot war. of natural gas here in the States. Yes, I know that. But they really rely on Russia. So my understanding is that this winter is going to be a pivotal point as far as the Russia-Ukraine war and whether Russia is going to continue pressing. Is it a war or a pressing. conflict? Well, I don't know. People are getting killed, so I assume that it's war. I, I I I'd say it's a war. Um, but that's what they're still calling it, but, a conflict, but, I think. Yeah, I think that that's silly. <laughs> like, let's not play on words. It's a war. Yeah, like and, people are shooting guns at each other yeah. and bombs and stuff. Sounds like, like war to me. Yeah. Exactly. So my understanding is that the winner is going to be pivotal if Russia continues to push that's going to be the deciding factor. Right. And as far as the energy goes, yeah, are people going to be able to heat their homes? Well, so back to manufacturing. These products are most vulnerable because they're so energy intensive. Metals, steel, aluminum, and zinc products. 
So much of Europe's smelting capacity is already idle. Cement, glass, and paper, chemicals. If gas shortages are bad enough, all these products will see cutbacks. If your business uses any of them, prepare for high prices and shortages, especially when it comes to chemicals. All right, we use a particular aluminum extrusion that we can right now only get from a German supplier. Sure. And they can't even tell us when the lead time is. It's crazy. So then we make these protective covers that go on machine tools. That's funny. I have a story that is really relevant to this right now is we have a customer that is sourcing aluminum extrusions from overseas. They told them they cannot deliver until 2023. Yeah. So we are making... We're buying billets. You're raw. machining those? We're machining oh, wow. extrusions. And they know they're paying for a machine well, part. Well, it's not an extrusion, but it's, it's, not, it's, it's a machine part. part. And yeah. then they're just going to be cutting these up. Oh, my gosh. I know. You're machining crazy. the alternative to the extrusion. Right. Yes. That's wow. I know. That's crazy. So if there's like a silver lining, maybe kind of, unlike Europe, the U.S. has adequate natural gas and other energy supplies. But, okay, so this is not good. The natural gas prices will rise here. And if you're... Oh, of course. If European gas Because they're going to be spike, exporting some of them. They're, we're not going to give them yeah. that much, but we're going to give them something. Well, yeah, and it goes on to say, like, there's a big limit to how much we can even export. U.S. liquefied natural gas export terminals are running flat out, and any further price spikes in Europe will push gas costs higher here. So... This means banner profits for gas producers, shippers, and exporters, and sure. higher gas costs for residential and business customers. So, yeah, that kind of might be good for some people. Should but we lock in our natural gas resources now? It says, eventually all energy users will feel those effects since gas generates 38% of the power in the U.S., heats millions of homes, and fuels a vast array of industrial processes. Yeah, maybe try to lock in the best price you can because it doesn't look like it's getting any better. Cool. Anyway, yeah, so thank you. I am now an expert on gas. Kiplinger. Yeah. yeah. Is it Kiplinger? Kiplinger? Kiplinger, I always Kiplinger. call it. I don't know. I've been reading it. They have a tax letter too that's really good. So I've, okay. been, I've been reading Kiplinger for years. My dad got me hooked on it. It's really good. Yeah, same here. I, got I just got to tell you. I got you, from my dad. I'm reading. What are you reading? I'm reading Good to Great by Jim Collins. Oh, good. Oh, that's, that's a cool. really good yes. book. Yeah. yeah. I just needed to tell you because I know you good guys always you. encourage me. You're trying to get me to read a little bit more. And you know, you know I freaking hate it. But I know that the advantage of reading it is going to outweigh the pain of reading it. Are you going to ever read that book that our dear friend Ed gave you like a decade ago? It's on my desk. Okay. When are you going to read it? I don't know. I'll get to it eventually. Okay. I'm reading I hope it. I'm not on my deathbed and reading it. Well, you should read it before that. <laughs> I know. For sure. So I'm reading a book right now. So, you know, I've talked about this on the show before. We have the Zenger's Book Club where yes. we read a book together and then we have a discussion about it. And we just got done reading The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Mm -hmm. And now our book club are reading Extreme Ownership. Cool. It's Who's the author? Because Covey's the first one, right? Yeah. For The Seven Habits. It's Jocko Willick oh. and another gentleman. He's um, like that SEAL guy, right? Yeah. Both of the gentlemen are Navy SEALs and they now have a business consulting company where they apply a lot of what they learned as SEALs to the business world. And it's really good. Cool. It goes along with a lot of our values. It's kind of an amalgamation of some of our values, doing the right thing and being dependable. But it's a great book so far. Cool. That's and awesome. I'm really enjoying the stories that go along with it. But Good to Great is also a great book. Yes, I'm enjoying it. Okay, I, so I'm going kind of slow, though. I just so could you know. talk about business books. I'm reading a book called Selling the Price Increase. It's a really good one. We all need to be doing that right now. We're going to do a show around that yeah, one, Yeah, right? we are. So I'm not going to talk too much about it now. But along the lines of Navy SEALs, there's a show called The Terminal List. 
that's on Amazon Prime. Oh, Amazon Prime. Okay. It's super good. It's about a a Navy SEAL. It's like an action-oriented show. It's number one on Amazon Prime right now. You guys are looking for something to watch? The Terminal List. Chris Pratt is the lead character. As we prepare for all of these wild changes with this Russia-Ukraine situation, we're also preparing for a very important industry event, and that's the whole point of the show today. So I've got some really good ideas for industry events. The most famous in our industry is the IMTS. We've also had some really bad ideas. We've all had them on industry events. So we're just going to go through like some of our best, some of our worst ideas to inspire, equip our audience to uh, get more out of industry events. Now, are you going to be coming from the point of view of an exhibitor or an exhibitee? A little bit of both because I go, sometimes I'm exhibiting and other times I'm not. Okay. Guys, you know how I know we have the best sponsors? Why is that, Nick? Well, we're looking at it right here. Well, when you log on to messaging boards and Facebook groups and you see customer testimonials like this... The proof is in the pudding. So let's just read a couple. This guy named James. Pro Shop changed my life. Totally digital and paperless. Well, here's the big transformation when people talk about their gray hair. Yeah, yeah. Like me. Was a complete game changer. Six months in, there's life before Pro Shop and life after Pro Shop. I would have less gray hair if we tried this five years ago. So how do you retain that non-gray hair, that color in your hair, Nick? You go to ProShopERP.com. So let's say you're an exhibitee, like take cars, zingers, and you have employees that want to go to an event, any they're, particular They're event, going. Like IMTS, right? Yep. There's an expense to you. Huge. I'm paying for their yeah. salary for Time. the day. You're paying yeah. for their salary. And if you go more than one day, you're paying for hotels. Like as well, an exhibitor, not, unless, yeah. if you're not local, there, yep. I'm paying for dinner in a busy season. Yeah, I'm paying, paying for, for hotels and, yep. and all that. And, you know, everyone works at the company, wants to go, especially anyone in like a customer facing role. They want to go as, as long as possible. And mm-hmm. there could be a lot of value for them to go. But one of the best ideas that we've had is provide us a plan for how many days you want to go, mm. what meetings you have set up, what booths you're going to see, what you're going to research, all of that. And then we'll decide how many days we're going to send you. But we're oh, not just going to give you this like, okay, we're going to the we're guidelines going. that yeah, they have to yeah. follow. I have another idea for you okay, yeah. that you kind of reminded me of. And what comes to my mind is ROI. So return on investment. Mm-hmm. So we're making an investment in sending that person there. So how would you justify the time that you're spending there to bring 10 times that back to the company? Exactly. And then maybe even go back and say, okay, did I meet that ROI that I proposed a year later so that you can evaluate it for the next time? At least get them thinking the way you're thinking as the leader of the business, right? So it could be something like, okay, I'm going to go to the show in order to visit Amper and see their technology. And you're like, I think that the ROI, if I were to execute Amper at the shop is going to be X. And then you go back like and you an look X at it later. Like an increase in spindle utilization. Yeah. Which could be, I'm not saying you have to do this wild business case, mm-hmm. right? Like that's not the point, but they need to be thinking about, okay, what am I actually going to do? Because what you kind of end up with is people who just kind of sit in a booth or stand around in a booth and they don't make the most out of their time and then you just wasted your money. So make them so provide So of course those people want to go because they're just going to dilly-dally Yeah, all and day. no one wants to be yeah. micromanaged. So I don't give, here's your plan. Here's what I need you to do. It's right. like, well, tell me what you're going to do. So I think I'm sending interesting eight people from my company to IMTS. So, yeah, which is a really lot good. for yeah. us, you know? So are you going to do that? Um, how is there going to be a return for you us? Know, I think that for, no, because I think ours is going to be different. Sure. You know what I mean? Since we're not a manufacturing company, we're a tooling distributor. We're going to use it as an opportunity to learn 
and to see our partners that are there. Yeah. So, but better partnerships could mean better pricing for you from them yeah. or more sales of that product or whatever. There could be an ROI. It would be harder for us to measure that. And like, what's the point? You're going to spend all sorts of time trying to get some weird attribution on the ROI. Yeah. Who wants that? So you brought up Amper. They're actually my next really good idea. We collaboratively came up with this with Amper, but if it's your event, like if you're hosting the event or if you're exhibiting at the event, connect like a social media campaign to your giveaways. There's these weird scavengers that just bring like a bag and fill it up with all the pens and magnets. And uh, I used to be one of those people when I first went to ITS. I, I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> when you were, I'm a collector of information. I love that. I know you know that about me, Jim, but I used to have the bag and I'd have like all these catalogs and they're like, I'm going to learn all this new stuff and this is going to be amazing. Never open it <laughs> no, up. No. Exactly. And then you're doing all these giveaways. Some of them cost money. Like, yeah. We have Yetis or no like, kidding. we have shirts. Like yes. we give away our shirts. Those aren't cheap, right? So you want to give them away. That's why you got them. But you don't want to just give them away to anybody and you want to extract some value. So what Amper's doing with us right after our Wednesday event on the Grand Concourse stage is there's going to be like a whole social campaign at their booth where people can meet us. They can meet the people that they've been listening to. We're going to have a whole campaign around like take a photo. We're, we're holding signs. If you're not making chips, you're not making money. And then if they post that photo and tag making chips and tag Amper, then you know we're gonna s- hook them up with uh, some swag, like some really nice swag bag. Yeah, really nice yeah. stuff. Not, Abby not told pens. me what she's gonna put in there. It sounds great. So I think that's a really good idea. You know, it doesn't really cost anything to be creative. So the next best idea: set appointments ahead of time if possible. So sometimes it's not possible, right? Everyone's busy running around. A lot of exhibitors are there to sell. So while I'm there to sell my products to end users, I'm also there to supply to machine tool builders and stuff like that. And so when do you guys want to meet and talk about what we're doing together? A lot of times they're like, yeah, we're going to come by your booth. We just can't tell you when. Right. That's fine. Like that's a verbal confirmation that you're going to meet. You can text and figure it out after that. If you're going to like buy equipment or research equipment that you want to buy, it's always best to let whoever you're going to see know, hey, we're planning to be at the show these days. How do we make sure that we can connect with the right person? And then everyone can be a little bit more prepared. Sure. So you can just walk into the show like IMTS, like a chicken with your head cut off, but... Oh, it's no. way better to have as many appointments as possible, even if they're kind of like, yeah, we're going to see you this day and we'll figure out a time at the show. Yeah, My team broke off into three groups, group A, group B, and group C. Everyone has an objective to go to each building and or exhibit tour, collect data based on stuff that we've predetermined, and then they're going to come back to us. Yeah, so see, it'll that, be interesting. That's awesome. I'm just going to follow them around because there's nine of them, three times three, and then I'm the 10th. So wherever I end up is where I'm going to end up. That's cool. I like it. And then I hope they're going to come watch my face and hear me talk at two o'clock. Like they don't get enough of that. Like they don't get enough of that. (laughs) I don't even want to listen to you. I know. I know. You've been listening to me for too long. Okay. So the next good idea is kind of like what you just said. It's bring specific questions so you can get specific answers and prepare ahead of time while you're going. Yep. That's a great idea, Nick. I know you're researching certain automation systems. Yes. We've been talking about it. Sure. So like, what are the differences between option A, B, C, and D? Do you really know that already? Or do you need to know, okay, how many pallets does this one have? Or what's the payload? Or what's the footprint? Or or whatever it might be. All the things that you need answers to, you guys should have like a spreadsheet, like checklist to make sure by the time you leave, you're well-researched because it's all there. 
the answers are there. If you just go like, well, I'm going to stop by this booth and stop by that booth and you don't have a plan, you're not going to get as much out of it. Well, so like if I were to wrap all this up that you've talked about so far in the last couple points, sit down and have that meeting and put a plan together like Jim was just talking about. You ABC, divide in, yeah. ABC, you divide yeah. into groups. Everybody's got a bunch of questions and you could even ask the same questions like, you know, okay, here's three topics that we're going to be looking into. We're going to be looking into 3D printing. We're going to be looking into automation and we're going to be looking into the newest tooling technology. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, have your questions that you're going to ask. And if you ask, if each group asks the same question, that's okay because you might ask a different person and get a different perspective. Sure. But just have that meeting and figure that out. Figure yeah. out those questions and put your plan together. Don't just like go to the show and start walking around aimlessly. Have yeah. a plan. Be yep. strategic. I totally agree with everything you guys are saying. So mm-hmm. the last good idea, we talked about it on the episode we just did with Peter, the show boss. He talked about how students in the early, early days of IMTS were kind of like, oh gosh, there's going to be students. And now everybody needs, everybody needs They were young talent. years ago. They didn't want them there. So how many people who are attending IMTS are thinking... I'm going to bring someone that I can inspire to get into this industry, whether it be your kids. I'm going to bring my son, Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or I'm going to bring my son too. Or someone who's just kind of (laughs) like thinking about it. You know, maybe you know somebody from your church or from some some sort of club that you're into who's thinking about the career. What about the guy that sits next to me at the bar? There you go. Well, yeah, Jim, you go to the bar every night and like, you know, you meet this guy (laughs) who who says, you know, I don't have a job. Like be like, well, come to IMTS and check out what manufacturing is. Or if you're at church. When you're not drunk, you can run my machines. <laughs> or if you're at church, you know, and maybe you meet somebody else who's like, they're fed up with the insurance agency. Be like, you know, come to IMTS with me. Take a look around. I'll register you. I mean, this might be somebody who's really smart and might add something really amazing to the manufacturing industry. Yeah. So like my wife's homeschooling our three kids and they've never done a field trip, you know? And so I'm like, Ooh. I'm planning out a whole field trip. I never really thought of that, but you're right. They're, they've Never done a field trip. Yeah. So you are planning a field yeah, trip. Yeah, it's a whole field trip. I'm going to take them for at least 90 minutes. I'm slammed at the show, but I'm going to take them through all of our booths. I'm going to show them the robots. I'm going to show them the cool space stuff. Wait, in, in the... Brittany and your three kids are coming? Yeah. Really? Just for part of one day okay. with her sister and her two kids because her sister's also doing the homeschooling nice. thing. Nice. So, yeah, what like, day are they coming? You know, maybe someday they'll be running the company and they'll be on this podcast. So I don't wow. have to anymore. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure yet on the day. Got it. But. The bad ideas are kind of where the fun starts, but we made this mistake, or I think I wasn't even actually involved, but I call it double trouble. And so everyone's like, oh, it's IMTS. Everybody's going to be in the same place. Let's have a big event the night of whatever at the IMTS. Well, everybody's saying, let's have a big event, right? On you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever night. Do you mean like just like a social event? Yeah, you're going to have like a, a VIP 50-person event. Party. Yeah, you're going to have a 50-person event at the IMTS. I, at IMTS I, or offsite? Offsite. I'm, okay. I'm going to a bunch of those, though. Right. I'm actually going to host my own party on Thursday night at IMTS, but I'm going to a bunch of other ones. Yeah, too. so that's my point. Like, if you don't plan ahead of time, you can end up with double trouble where you have this big event, you pay for this venue, you don't know that anyone's going to come, and sure. it doesn't happen. Like, remember when you guys tried to do the whatever it was called, the. Uh, Uh, Make and elevate. Make and elevate. And it was like, yeah, we're all so busy. And and it's just, I'm not saying it can't work because obviously there's a lot of events that do work, but double trouble is when you try to double up too much and you end up in a lot of So there's a difference between an event and like just having a social event. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's one of the things I had in here. Like smaller is better, right? So I got a couple of really fun things I'm doing. I'm going to the Bears game the Sunday before. Oh, you are going to go? taking a key customer from Europe who's never seen an American football game. And then Monday night, I'm going to the Eric Clapton concert at the United Center. Eric Clapton's going to play yeah. Monday night? Yeah. Really? I'm, I'm taking one of my guests who will be on the round table, but Eric Clapton and Jimmy Vaughn, you know, yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughn. Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, I want to go to that. Yeah. 
I got tickets for go. like 150 bucks. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I, I only sit it. in the first three rows, though. I just want That's you fine. to know. Let's get it. I know. So those <laughs> things are, uh, here's my you're point. You're high maintenance, Jim. It's kind of your point too, Jason, but those things are easy to accomplish. I can get one or two key customers to go to this fun thing. And I'm doing like a, a you can call it an event, but what I'm not doing is renting out a restaurant paying a ton of money for a 50 person room thinking 50 people are going to not have some other thing going on and they're all going to show up. Exactly. Like that's double trouble. Here's the other worst idea. Sitting down. If you want to sit down, don't go to a trade show. No. If you're an exhibitor and you're sitting down, it's like the least inviting thing. Don't put chairs in your booth. Yeah. No, I know we have like bar chairs for like, if you need a quick break or you're having a talk at, but you we don't have, have like chairs like what we're sitting in. Right, now. right. It's crazy. So bar stools. Yeah. Or you start sitting down and this is a segue into my next bad idea, but you start sitting down and doing emails or doing calls. You're not getting up. Like, no, you're not getting just, out of that. That's actually one of my other ones. So I call it trying to fit 10 pounds in a five pound bag. Like if you didn't create the space to be present at the show and you're just like, yeah, I think I'm going to go. You got all these other fires to put out and you got your other thing going on. And you're going to wander around the show and you're going to get this call and you're going to take that call. And then you're going to be dealing with that for a half hour. And you're going to go see that one booth that you want to see, but you're going to be not mentally present to really get anything out of it. And then you got to go across the whole McCormick place or wherever the event is and go do Ooh, the other thing. That's a cruise. Yes. You, know, you really do have to kind of prepare and carve out the space and make sure you have appropriate time to accomplish the right amount of stuff. Yep. Because I've done that before. I've gone to some industry events where I had too many other things going on. And it's like, what a waste. Yeah. I didn't get anything out of that. Great tips, Nick. The last one. This is just really practical. Don't carry a ton of gear. Like former Jason, 12-year-old mm-hmm. Jason with 65 yeah. catalogs and a bunch of tools in his bag. You're just carrying bring a, just bring a, a backpack. Of, yeah. Yeah. And then have a place to put it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're walking a lot. So don't just be sitting there thinking, man, how am I going to carry all my crap around? Like really find a place to put it. The second thing is don't try to wear like the snazziest, trendiest shoes. Like Jim? <laughs> they have to be comfortable. Like you can have nice shoes. Don't get me wrong. But those look like they'd be uncomfortable for walking for miles. You would They're have not. the world's biggest blister if you did that for five straight days. He, he doesn't have socks on. I do have socks on. <laughs> They're those little ones. I have my special Hoka gym shoes that are in are making chips color that I'm going to wear to IMTS. Oh, you're so fancy. Are you really? Oh, yeah. And they're like super, super comfortable shoes. They have a little bit of an extra cushion to them. Nice. Have you ever heard of these shoes, Hoka? No. The reason I found out about them oh, is wait like... A minute. Are they from Hawaii? No, I don't think so. They're from Europe somewhere. Okay. The reason I found out about them was because I was at the local running store. I don't really run that much, but I uh, just where I... The only place I could find that could fit me for shoes. And they introduced them to them and they said, these have been popular for years amongst nurses who need go. a really good shoe because they're on their feet all day long. And they're like, they're just starting to get mainstream. And now they have a store on Michigan Avenue, but they're super comfortable. And plus they're in making ships colors. So they're going to be really cool, cool for me to wear at IMTS. Very cool. There you go. But that's one of the things you'll hear the most nearing the end of the show is just Your how bad everybody's feet. feet hurt. Yeah. So it's wild. These are all great tips and I'm going to bring them back to my team for my Wednesday oh, production really? meeting yeah. and tell them a, a few of these things. I mean, it's, so we've done some of these good things. We've done a lot of these bad things. Yes. And I just figured we should share them with Metalworking Nation. At the end of the day, it's going to be a great, great, great show. And you I just need really to be strategic and plan it out. Yes. That would be my biggest thing that would wrap it all up is like this episode is good for us to try to figure out how to be strategic. Because Absolutely. the week after the show, we're going to have the IMTS hangover. There you go. Yeah. And then we, we go did. back to making chips. There we go. Because if, if you're, you're not, not making, making chips, chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. 
so, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution, and many of them are at makingchips.com.